And hello everyone and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV, Radio Edition. I'm Dick Batista along with Nathan Jones and we are transmitting live from our station and also via social media. So we thank you for tuning in for today's program. Listen, today we have an exciting program lined up for you today and it's of course our study in the book of Lamentation, and we title our message for today, The Lamentation Eclipse, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And of course, for those of you that are watching us live via social media, hey, we'd love for you to post your questions or your comments for us, or give us a like there, and tell your friends and family about the program, and go ahead and share it with them so they can follow along with us as well. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the blessing that that eclipse was this past week. Lord, uh, what an amazing way to see how your clockwork management of the universe means that you can easily take care of your children. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your love and your precious name. Amen. Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we are talking about the Book of Lamentation. And today's program is sponsored by Calvert Brower, Calvert Aventura, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information at www.tway.tv. If you're in the area, you want to be part of our ministry, give us a call at 305-992-9537. We'd love to share more with you regarding our Bible study and our services as well. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, great to be on, brother. Thank you. Hey, Nathan, happy eclipse, man. Yeah, that was amazing, wasn't it? It was was fantastic. I know most people uh, uh, around the world, especially here in the U.S., it was so uh, fascinating. But Nathan, before we get into the eclipse, man, can you share with us your contact information, a little bit about the ministry, just in case someone out there is not familiar with the ministry? Oh, certainly. Well, again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We do that through a number of ways, uh, primarily our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired on networks all over the world. And our website at landlion.com or christandprophecy.org. Check us out. I invite you to come and visit us on christandprophecy.org. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And for those of you that are watching us live, you can check out the wonderful website there and all their wonderful resources. And Nathan, I'm excited because you are going to be launching the next inbox, but it's going to be a surprise, right? You posted it on Facebook. Oh, I only posted a behind-the-scenes picture. We just shot it today, our 15th inbox video. For those who don't know what an inbox video is, it's I answer the inbox questions for the ministry, and we get lots of Bible-related questions, especially Bible prophecy. So I thought, hey, we ought to make a video uh, production of of these questions that people have and the answers that come with them. And we like to be creative. We want to educate, but we also want to entertain and leave you enlightened. So you can go to our website at lamblion.com or our YouTube channel and check us out. And we've got uh, many uh, inboxes, 14 going right now and more. Of course, we've got hundreds of our Christ and Prophecy television episodes you can watch as well. Woo, that sounds fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathan Joseph. And now that we're caught up with your contact information for those of you that are watching that are new, now we're going to talk a little bit about the eclipse. Nathan, you shared something very interesting with me that I didn't know. What were some of the things that you also posted on Facebook and how to see the eclipse? If you don't have glasses. Why Either. I mean, I remember the eclipse years ago when I lived in New Jersey, or I'm in New Jersey, and one, but I didn't know that if the trees were out, and it was sunny, of course, then the sunlight filtered through the tree leaves, 
could act as a filter, and then you could look on the ground, and you would see the eclipse reflected on the ground. Now, for those who are getting the full coverage, you know, right through the middle of the country, they don't see anything. But here, uh, down, we got Dallas for about 70% light. We can see little crescent moons all over the place. So it was wow. fascinating to watch. And again, even as a shadow from the moon going across the Earth, it just, again, reminds me how big God is, how amazing God yeah. is. And this is happening across the galaxy and the whole universe. And eclipse is all over the place, and only God knows. And so, again, that gives me assurance that a God that big and that powerful Ooh. can certainly take care of his children. Excellent point. Thank you so much, Nathan. Yeah, I got a, I got an opportunity to look at it myself, Nathan. It was very fascinating. I um, At work, people had a glasses, and they were borrowing it from each other, sharing it. And I happened to come out at the right time, and they, they let me see through it. It, it, was, it was really amazing. Oh, I'm so glad you had the glasses. I didn't get a pair. So you were able to look right at the sun then? Yes, right at the sun. I mean, it was really, really awesome. Uh, and and what's, what's fascinating, Nathan, is, of course, these don't happen very often. They're very rare, these type of eclipses. No, from what I read, that an eclipse that crossed the United States like this that hasn't happened in 99 years and won't happen again until 2045. Well, 2045, look at that. So um, I know you'll be around for it. You're a lot younger than I am, man. Uh, I'm hoping that the Lord will take it home soon. That the yes. the country's falling apart, this world is falling apart. It's, I don't know what the world will even look like by 2045, but I'm hoping by then we'll be well into the millennial kingdom. Well, all joking aside, I agree with you, Nathan. That's more fascinating to me, being with the Lord, than another waiting for another eclipse. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> so, Nathan, I just wanted to share that because it was exciting. And, of course, uh, it, it's great to uh, have those memories that you and I were actually alive for this event. So, that's kind of neat, right, Nathan? Uh, so, just But, Nathan, just as exciting is, you know, people get excited about this eclipse. But you and I know that the Bible actually talks a lot about different types of eclipses uh, in the Bible, especially in biblical prophecy, right, Nate? Well, I mean, Jesus, particularly in Matthew 24, described many signs in the sky to look out for to uh, herald his coming. I wouldn't say that this eclipse here in September of, or excuse me, August of 2017 had anything to do with heralding Jesus in. Some are just natural events. Clearly, the events leading up to Jesus' return during the tribulation are supernatural. It's a day like no any other other day. So, yeah, the Bible does talk about lots of signs in the sun, moon, and stars. Could it be constellation arrangements? Certainly. Yeah. Uh, some theorize the star of Bethlehem was an arrangement of constellations of planets. Or it, it could be supernatural. Yeah. Uh, some of others said the star of Bethlehem is the Shekinah glory of God. So, we don't know for sure, but certainly tied to the end times, tied to the Lord's return. Absolutely. So a series of, of signs that will happen in the sky, signs that are meant to frighten people. Now, solar yeah. eclipses, brother, I don't think they frighten anybody. It's not like they did thousands of years ago or so. So I don't think that's what the Bible is talking about, but it's certainly fantastic to watch. It, yes, it, it sure was. And again, so for those of you that are not students of the Bible, read through the Bible, the book of Joel, the book of Revelation, and... There's many passages in Matthew that talk a little bit about the signs and, and incredible wonders. So we're excited about that. And also, uh, talking about uh, exciting uh, parts of the Bible, we're going through the book of Lamentation. Now, for those of you that have been regulars in the program and you've been going through us, you know that it's been a fascinating study as Nathan Jones has been opening up these incredible scriptures uh, to us. And also, uh, last week, we were looking at uh, Lamentation chapter 3 and we stopped around verse 49. So for those of you that are watching and listening, if you want to grab a Bible and follow along with us, 
that's what we're going to pick it up uh, again today. So Nathan, lamentation, uh, very prophetic, not what people expect, but very exciting, right? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Now, we are well into lamentations. We've been teaching it now for eight weeks. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. For a five-chapter <laughs> book, but it's just chocked full of insights into the Lord and how he works. And just to give a little background information, if I may, Vic. Yes. Uh, Lamentations was written by the uh, prophet Jeremiah. He was one of the major prophets. It was uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Major yeah. because they wrote large books. Uh, this is the, one of Jeremiah's shorter ones, Lamentations. And it takes place at a time when the nation of Judah, already the northern tribes of Israel, had been taken away in 722 B.C., we're now at 586 B.C. Uh, the Babylonians have conquered Jerusalem and exiled the people out of the land, leaving behind the poorest of the poor and the unwanted. But unfortunately, Jeremiah was one of the unwanted. Mm -hmm. So here he's sitting in the dust and the ashes of, of the destroyed Jerusalem, lamenting for his people before the Lord. And as we've been going through these chapters, he's been calling out to the Lord yes. uh, and asking uh, for forgiveness. He's repenting for his people. And he's also crying out about him, crying out. Yeah. And that's where we are, chapter 3. He is, it's one of the saddest, if not the saddest book yes. in the Bible, probably next to Job. And, but there's a lot to learn about how God works. And you know, Nathan, and uh, I think this is fantastic because it, there's been a lot of also wonderful, surprising verses uh, here in the midst of this, and that's why we want to encourage everyone who is watching and listening, make sure that you follow along with us and don't miss out on these very uh, important nuggets that we have been discovering as we have been making our way through Lamentation. So yeah, Nate, if you can continue to take us through, that would be fantastic. Okay, well, let's back up just one verse to 49, and I'll go from there. My eyes flow and do not cease without interruption till the Lord from heaven looks down and sees. My eyes are bring suffering to my soul because of all the daughters of my city. My enemies without cause hunted me down to birds. They silenced my life in the pit and threw stones at me. The waters flowed over my head and I said, I am cut off. I called on your name, O Lord, from the lowest pit. And you have heard my voice. Do not hide your ear from sighing for my cry for help. And you drew near on the day I called on you and I said, do not fear. Hmm. You know, Nathan, and we were looking about this, how uh, the, the writer uh, here, of course, we see some references there in terms of Israel. Then we see it more like a personal reference. And we see here all this emotion uh, going back and forth. Yeah, well, uh, he's sitting in this destroyed city. I mean, picture you're, you're down in Miami, Vic. Yes. And Cuba has attacked, <laughs> and they have utterly destroyed you, and your city's in ashes, and your people, your, your wife and your children have been dragged off to Babylon and become Babylonians and the Babylonians didn't even think you were worth taking. You know, you were so <laughs> poor or whatever. And here Jeremiah is left behind with the poorest of the poor in a destroyed country that has been their fault. Yeah. Moses, 900 years earlier, his final message to the Jewish people was in Deuteronomy 28 and 29, if you love the Lord with all your heart and follow his commands, he will bless you in so many ways. But if you disobey the Lord and reject Him and chase after idols, then He will reject you. And that's what happened. Yeah. They were rejected and cast out of the land. Now, the Lord will bring them back later. He, he is never going to give up on His covenant people. So mm -hmm. another seven years later, the Jewish people return to the land and start rebuilding again. But the land never really becomes theirs again. A little during the Maccabean period, but 
It goes from the Persians to the Greeks yeah. and the Romans, and after the Romans destroyed them in 70 AD and then dispersed them in 135 AD, that's it. Israel yeah. was no more for 2,000 years until 1948 when God brought the Israelites back into the land and they started rebuilding their nation and declared themselves a nation in May yes. of 1948. So we are living in a time where we are seeing the Jewish people regathered and restored back in Sri Lanka again. And that is yes. majorly significant. It's a major prophetic event. It means that we are in the generation of the Lord's return. Good point, Nathan. And that's why we're talking about certain events. We're talking about these eclipses. But again, Jesus said there will be certain signs before his return. And we just believe that he is that much closer, right, Nate? He is. He definitely is. But at this time in, in Israel's history, it's meant for Israel to look back. Now, yeah. one of the side effects of being put in exile for seven years is that up to this point, the Jewish people hadn't cleared the land out. They hadn't obeyed Moses. They hadn't obeyed Joshua. They had destroyed the enemy people who lived in the land. And these people were ardent, ardent idol worshippers, which yes. is really Satanism. Mean, it's a worship of demons mm -hmm. in the form of idols. They did horrible things, terrible uh, like burning and sacrificing their children and idolatry and harlotry and witchcraft. They were yeah. very evil people. And the Israelites, instead of getting rid of these people, they adopted their culture. And so they continued to rebel against the Lord. One of the things about exiling the people was that it would cure them of their idolatry. And that's exactly what happened. The Israelites, when they returned from exile, were no longer idolatrous. They eventually grew apathetic again towards the Lord, but they never chased after the Baals and the Ashtoreths anymore. Mm. And you know, Nathan, that, that's a very good point because we see that has always been the cycle through history uh, with God's people. And here we see uh, the results of that type of lifestyle, that rebellion towards God. And as you continue to take us through those verses, Nathan, that's where uh, the topic that I was uh, kind of drawing out in is the darkness now that we see uh, happen here uh, because of rebellion towards God. So if you could take us through the following verses, that, that's fantastic. Right, right. Uh, well, we finish now with Jeremiah and calling out to the Lord for help. And the Lord says to his prophet, do not fear. Now, <laughs> when, when your city is destroyed, your, your city is yeah. ashes and your family has been carted away, how can you not fear, right? So how can the Lord say that to him, do not fear? But he goes on in verse 58. O oh Lord, you have pleaded the case for my soul. You have redeemed my life. O oh Lord, you have seen how I am wrong. Judge my case. You have seen all their vengeance and all their schemes against me. You have heard their reproach, O oh Lord, all their schemes against me. The lips of my enemies, they're whispering against me all the day. Look at their sitting and their rising up. I am their taunting song. Repay them, O oh Lord, according to the work of their hands. Give them a veiled heart. Mm. Your curse be upon them. In your anger, pursue and destroy them from under the heavens of the Lord. Wow. Well, Nathan, you know, it sounds to me, uh, I'm reading this, and it kind of sounded like David when he was asking God to take vengeance <laughs> against his enemy. Wow. Yeah, you know, maybe David's writings were an inspiration for Jeremiah 400 or so years later, but it's very much like when, when King David was being hunted in the wilderness by Saul all those right. years, Many times David would write a psalm about you know, having his enemies repaid for their evil against him. We read in the prophets how the Edomites uh, across the Jordan were complicit in helping the Israelites get defeated. They stood up there in the mountains and they laughed at the Israelites uh, being carried away exile. So he's not just talking about the Babylonians, he's also talking about the neighboring lands. 
the cousins of the Jewish people were complicit in the Jewish people being exiled. And so he's calling for justice. He yes. wants justice. Now, the Jewish people are just getting justice because even though they're the God's covenant people, they rejected him for so many hundreds of years That's right. that God finally acted. See, God doesn't just sit back and let sin keep going. Man, I don't know about you, but it is so disheartening to turn on the news right now. Yes. It is just terrible to hear how our country is tearing itself apart as the left tries to overthrow the constitutional government of this country. And you think, how can we live in a society that's continuing getting more wicked and more evil? Yes. When will the evil people finally get justice for their wrongs. And the Lord always does. Eventually he will bring justice. So yes. part of the comfort for Jeremiah is knowing that the Lord is just. He won't let the evil people flourish for long. Eventually they will meet their justice, justice according to his good timing. And that's the hope that Jeremiah has here. Mm. You know, Nathan, and as you're talking about this, we look at America, and I, and I noticed there on, on, on the website, Christ in Prophecy, you have God's prophetic voice uh, to America. Uh, Dr. Reagan has been writing about this, Je Jeffers and others, and it's the same thing, right, Nathan? Well, we are in big trouble right now. We are. Uh, Dr. Reagan, our founder and director, has written his latest book, uh, God's Prophetic Voices to America. Yeah. And he's talking about, in this book, about how God never brings about on a nation or a people or even a person individually without trying to reach them first in yes. a series of voices. Yeah, from reading the Bible, from fellow Christians, prophetic voices, not meaning they have new prophecies, but they can read the Bible and say, hey, this is right, yeah. what you're doing is wrong, come back and repent, come back to the Lord. And Dr. Reagan, who I believe is a prophetic voice, writes about other prophetic voices, including Dr. Robert Jeffers, David Jeremiah, Jan Markell, and others. And they are all calling the nation to repent and return back to the Lord. Because if we don't, our nation will be judged. Like every other nation who has turned its back on the Lord, they will receive judgment. Maybe not now, but certainly later, and definitely during the tribulation. Excellent point. And Nathan, I have to say also, you guys uh, do a great job. I consider you as well one of those prophetic voices because you're reaching the billions of people out there uh, through the internet, through social media, calling them to repentance, calling them to come to the Lord. Our program does that. And I think, Nathan, it's true. After a while, uh, people are left without excuse because, honestly, if they don't repent with all the signs and all the prophetic voices, then what's left is what we notice here that you're reading to us in Lamentation, what awaits those that turn their back on God. Well, Romans 1 particularly tells us that the creation that God, that God made is... Yes. Uh, I'm trying to quote off the top of my head here, but uh, pull up Romans 1 and it says that basically the man is without excuse. God's mysteries revealed right. in the creation account. And when man rejects the account, they adopt evolution, they deny mm -hmm. creation, they deny the flood. They're denying God, they're denying truth. And therefore, judgment will come upon them so that That's no right. man who stands before the Lord can ever say, hey, I'm innocent, I just did it. That, absolutely right. And that's why we're reading these scriptures and showing individuals in the scriptures the history behind how God operates. So we can hopefully learn uh, from others' mistakes and not do the same thing, but recognize that God is at work. Uh, he's a God of justice. He's a God of love. But here the Bible says he's also a God of war and, and a God of wrath. So Nathan, yeah, thank you so much. If you could continue to bring us through. That was uh, amazing. Those little clips there that we just noticed in those in those verses. Well, certainly, certainly. Uh, in 
it's interesting what Jeremiah, if we look at verse 65, he says, Give them a veil of heart, your curse be upon them. Isn't it interesting that yeah. we read that throughout the Bible, uh, that people who have rejected God get a veiled heart, not only the own veil yes. they put upon themselves, in other words, being willfully ignorant, to yeah. have the truth revealed to them and decide they don't want to believe the truth, but that God will also, if their hearts are hard enough against Him, mm. He will also put a veil over their heart so they cannot turn to Him. And man, that is a frightening position to be in. Yeah. You've rejected God so much, you've rejected the truth that was given to you, that God then veiled your heart so you were then condemned to judgment forever, to hell forever. That, that's a scary thing. And so it shows the anguish and the anger that yeah. Jeremiah is feeling here because he's basically given up the veil of heart. It's really Jeremiah's way of saying, tell them to go to hell. Right. Come on. He, he wants them to be judged and to judgment. And <laughs> I, that, that's something that a prophet of God is, is telling them these people need to go to hell. But he's doing that. Now, yeah. I don't know about you, but as Christians, we, we shouldn't want anyone to go to hell. No. It's kind of hard to read this. And is it just, do you believe that Jeremiah is justified in saying this, considering the people well, just leveled his, his city? Well, Nathan, and, and you know, and you look at history, and, and to be quite uh, honest, and uh, I mean, isn't that what happened to Pharaoh? How many times did the prophet of God come to Pharaoh? And then the Bible says, then God hardened his heart, right, Nate? Right. We read about that after the rapture, the people who right. in first, uh, second Thessalonians who have rejected continuously, they've hardened their heart towards God, that even the rapture doesn't bring them into accepting Jesus as Savior. And so after the rapture, yeah. God hardens their hearts as well. Those who take the mark of the beast, now this isn't something Absolutely. we have to worry about, in the middle of the seven-year tribulation, the people will swear allegiance to the Antichrist, knowing full well who they're swearing allegiance to, Satan. And those people, God, has removed their ability to accept Him as Savior and to be saved as well. They are condemned to hell. Yeah. So our times in history where we can reject God continuously until God finally says, well, there goes their chance of salvation. Now, yeah. if you're a Christian, you shouldn't have to worry about it. Don't worry about it. You are saved because the Holy That's Spirit right. inside you. You're not going to fall out of your salvation and be sent. God won't harden your heart. But you hear these apostates, and man, they're the most miserable people you ever met. It's you true. They believed in God at one time, but boy, they hate God now, and they live to hate God, and they want yeah. everybody to know they yeah. hate God, and they are miserable, miserable people. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's why, for those of you that are watching and listen, Nathan made a great point. Listen, uh, there's an opportunity for you right now. And the Bible says if you repent, if you turn from your sins, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. From wherever you are, you can simply call on the name of the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I recognize that I am a sinner. Jesus, I want to invite you to come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior and be my friend. And I want to follow you forever. And that simple call out to the name of the Lord, the Bible says if you mean it from your heart, God grants you eternal life, and that's how you escape uh, the judgment to come. So Nathan, what you're showing us here, I mean, I know we're getting ready to close uh, uh, chapter uh, 66, but again, we see throughout this book the different ways that God worked. Verse 65, give them uh, a veiled heart. And, uh, and then Nate, it says, uh, your curse be, be upon them. And, and that's what you were saying. It says like, you know what? Uh, go to hell. And, and we don't want to sound harsh, but that's what the scripture is teaching. It does. Now, I wouldn't recommend any Christian that we should want anyone to go to no. hell. I mean, I certainly say, say ISIS came in and they destroyed your city and they, they kidnapped your wife and children and they carried them away. 
you read stories about Muslims right. in the Middle East who have conquered these towns, these ISIS have just, you know, they've ravaged the women, they've yes. kidnapped the children, they burned the town, they destroyed its history, they left them in the dust, and yet these Christians who are out there continue to pray for their enemies. And that's what Jesus asked us for. It's a little different. Yes. Uh, we live in the age of grace, so we show more grace to our enemies than maybe they did in the Old Testament. So, sure, we want the guilty to be punished. We want evil to be defeated. But that's not quite what Jesus says. He says as Christians that we need to be loving our enemies, to that's praying right. for our enemies, to wish the best for our enemies. And, brother, that's hard to do sometimes. There's times where, and I look at these, uh, this new, this Antifa, these, these kids living in their basements who are crawling out, putting on black hoodies and destroying American history. And... I, I get angry at them. I think yes. you know, this is this is an America. This is how America works. You, you can't go around saying anti-fascism when you're a fascist yourself. You don't destroy American history. You go through the legal system to That's... get monuments taken down, or you don't overthrow the government. This is an American, and you know it makes you want to take sides. Yeah. And I never. I got to stop and think. I need to pray for these people. <laughs> you know, I got to put my anger aside. And say, hey, these are lost people. That That's right. Jesus Christ is their savior. So, yeah, we can become like Jeremiah here and be, and Jeremiah had a lot of reasons to be angry because Absolutely. He was, his whole life was destroyed. But, brother, as Christians, we got to be better. Excellent point. And I know for those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, those of you that are tuning in over social media, some of you uh, give us some thoughts, some of you also agree, disagree. But listen, we're here to share with you what the Bible says, and there are some harsh truths. Uh, in the Bible, God loves you, God has a plan, but God is also just. And we see there's a lot of injustice happening uh, around this world. And Nathan, as you close us with the last verse, I thought the last verse was also pretty powerful there in uh, chapter 3 of Lamentation. Well, verse 66 of chapter 3, and in your anger, pursue and destroy them from under the heavens of the Lord. And that continues Jeremiah's anger against yeah. those who have destroyed God's covenant people, pursue and destroy them from under the heavens. Now, did the Lord respond to that prayer? Well, Nathan, I have to, you know, what came to my mind when I was listening to this, in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 21, uh, verse 27, the Bible says, but there shall be no, by no means enter in anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And, and I believe that God is just, and He wants to wipe the earth of those individuals that are committing these hideous crimes, Nathan. So I believe that God is just, but I believe when we get to heaven, there's no sin going to be allowed. So this is a preparation here on earth of God's cleansing, if you will, uh, for those that don't turn to Him. Right, right. It's only actually a few decades after the Babylonians conquered Judah that the Persians then, the Medo-Persian Empire, came in and conquered them. So the Babylonian Empire was destroyed. The yeah. answer to Jeremiah's prayers came it, not long after, you know, just a few decades, during, uh, King, excuse me, during Daniel's time under King Belshazzar. But uh, you're right, and it comes to all of evil yes. that we're constantly battling to the time where Satan will be sent to hell forever. And all his means will go with them. And there will be nothing impure in heaven. Everything will be pure and holy. And we'll worship the Lord in peace. And man, I get so excited about that. The same I know you do too. <laughs> the same here, Nathan. And that's why for those that have been following us through Lamentation, there is so much hope. There's so much good news. 
But this is this is how this begins to unravel. So we hope that you can stay tuned to our next programs as we make our way through this verse by verse study uh, through lamentation. And listen, maybe you pray to receive Jesus. We want to hear from you. Nathan and I get excited when we hear the people are turning to Christ, that they're tuning in, that they're sharing these programs. And uh, if you are one of those wonderful uh, stories that you've turned to the Lord during our program, let us know. Give us a call 305 992 9537. We like to take the good with the bad. So it's, it's nice to also get some wonderful reports out there. And even if the program is over, if you're in need of prayer, if you have any questions, you can still call us and we would love to be able to uh, connect with you. So Nathan, very exciting chapter. Like always, thank you so much for opening up to us this incredible scriptures. It's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Pleasure to be on, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And for those of you that are watching and listening, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, we want to say goodbye. May the Lord bless you. We ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we hope that we have encouraged you to read through the Bible, read through the book of Lamentation. We also want to encourage you to find a good church, uh, get plugged in during the week, serve the Lord. He is coming very soon, and we want to be found uh, doing his business. So we thank you all for tuning in. Again, Nathan Jones, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day. And the rest of you have a great week. May the Lord bless you.